Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Depth Podcast. I'm Daniel Yufusi. That's David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page. Like, share, comment, all that good stuff. Subscribe to the Miami Herald as well so you can stay up to date on all news and software. We need to, we need to pay the bills, pay the rent, pay the mortgage, all that <laughs> So, mortgage, rent. <laughs> right. I was gonna say rent for me. We gotta pay some people's mortgage out here. Okay. <laughs> so we have reached the bye week for the Miami Dolphins 2022 season. And as Christian Wilkins said, the Dolphins wanted to sprint into the bye week, and that they did. They came away with a 39-17 win over the Cleveland Browns last Sunday in front of their home crowd at Hard Rock Stadium. Their fourth straight win. To improve to seven and three, and most importantly, first place in the AFC East after the Bills blew that last uh, that last minute game to the Minnesota Vikings shortly afterwards. So the Dolphins, all is well in South Florida, seven and three, fourth game winning streak, seven and zero oh, when Tua talk about lower starts and finishes games. And they are sitting pretty as they enter the bye week. We're gonna discuss. All that we're going to discuss the Browns game. We're going to discuss looking ahead, how we feel about the team at the bye week. But we're going to start with the offense because I thought this was an interesting, uh, interesting performance for the offense. You know, the past few games since Tua has come back, big numbers through the air, three touchdowns, 300 yards passing, big plays to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. And we had some of that, but it was kind of a quieter game for Tyreek, a quieter game for Jalen Waddle. But what we saw was the emergence of this run game, 195 yards total, the most since the 2021 season finale uh, last year against the the Patriots. Uh, 119 yards for Jeff Wilson. I mean, he, I mean, he's still trying to figure out where the Palmetto is, and he got 119 yards on the ground. Uh, Raheem Moster contributed 65 yards. Both of those guys uh, reached the end zone. Uh, and Tua still, I mean, he still got his numbers: uh, 285 passing yards, three touchdowns in that blowout win. And for me, I mean, I thought that this was the next step forward for this offense. I mean, we know and we've seen that they can, uh, you know, rack up points and move the ball through the air, Kit and Tyreek and Jalen and Mike Gusecki and all the different guys that they have at their disposal. But that running element, that running component was uh, was missing. And it was kind of surprising that it was missing because Mike McDaniel came to Miami 
with this reputation of being a run game guru. But, you know, he 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 told us weeks, months ago, you know, the offensive line is usually the unit that takes in you. I mean, you mentioned it yourself. The offensive line is the unit that takes the longest to, to gel, to coalesce, to to come together into one. Um, so, you know, they were kind of they were kind of chomping at it, chomping at it, chomping at it. And the matchup kind of kind of allowed for them to have a breakout performance in. Um, really, I mean, I, I think that with this performance, you've kind of reached that pick or poison, you know, state with this offense. Like, do you want to stop them through the air? Okay, they can run the ball. I mean, we saw that the, the Browns, they clearly did not want Jalen Wild on Tyree Kill to go off and 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 win that game for for the Dolphins. And and they didn't. But the Dolphins offense was able to run the ball when they needed. I mean, really, whenever they wanted. Um, that really set the tone for that game. I mean, the first the first drive, Jeff Wilson breaks some 10-yard runs. And then obviously uh, at the end, Tua finds Alec Ingold for the 13-yard touchdown. But really, this was a game where, like, you didn't count. I mean, it was kind of one of those narrative-busting games again. Like, you know, the the, you know, Whatever you want to say about Tua, the latest thing was, oh, he's just feeding off of two uh, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. But no, I mean, he got a lot of the different guys involved, eight different pass catchers. And then again, the ground game leading the way. Um, so, I mean, I, I felt even better about the offense, you know, heading into the bye week and knowing that um, they were able to to run the ball as well as they did. And we, we saw them do that in the Jets game um, when uh, Teddy Bridgewater and the scholar Thompson stepped in. Um, I think they ran for 137 yards. They had a pretty good game there, but we haven't seen that consistency. Um, you know, this Obviously, this was their, their best running performance of the season. We'll see if they can continue to stack that um, against uh, other other opponents. Um, but I mean, you have to feel good about this offense. I mean, even before the the rushing game kind of outburst, I mean, Tua was playing well, continue to play well. And now you have another element where it's like, all right, Tua doesn't have to throw 40 times a game. I mean, you can run the ball 25, 30 times a game and still be as successful. Uh, so the offense, I mean, they're, they're, they're rolling. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a more explosive offense, a more diverse offense in terms of what they can do. Uh, and, you know, the, you know, like I said, all, all things are, everything's uh, good in South Florida because that offense is just clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, that's and, you know, as we had said, that once the running game comes to comes together and which is going to take the longest thing to, you know, to come in to come together. um, Yeah, this offense is going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, now it's very, very exciting to watch because they're not just, you know, they're not just pounding for three, four yards, you know, and. You know, they're ripping off, they're ripping off chunks, you know, seven, 10, you know, big, 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 good runs. And it, you know, Jeff Wilson, Wilson may not know where the Palmetto is, but he knows where the hole is. So, and he knows where the holes are, should be in this offense. And as does Raheem Moster. So you have two backs who played in this offense. And I think that helps obviously accelerate even the, you know, this run this run game because you know you know where the holes are supposed to be or you know where the holes can be and you know where the adjustments have to be made during a play during a play and everything and um yeah they got two backs who run hard run fast and you know that lends a certain that keeps a certain rhythm going. Also, so keeps certain excitement going. Like you know, okay, you can hit. Okay, you hit. Let's say you hit a chunk play to you know whoever Gasicki, Waddle, Terry Ty, Hill, and if you know when you follow that up with you know okay, you want to run the ball, make okay, fine. But if you if you follow that up with like a two yard gain, 
you, you know that that uh, that takes a little. Uh, okay, well, you know, it takes a little bit of juice out out of you know what you're feeling. But if you follow that up with you know somebody rips off a good seven ten yard gain. That's deflating. Yeah, yeah everybody, that's everybody's deflating for the defense, but it's inflating for the offense. Right. Everybody's offense is still everybody's feeling good. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep, you know, and everybody's excited in the huddle. Let's what are we doing next? What we how are we gonna hurt next? You know. Um, and, and that can't be underestimated, you know. <laughs> yeah, these are professionals, these are professional athletes, but they're human beings. <laughs> and you know, they're professional athletes playing a game, and you know, it's it, you know. We talk about being motivated, inspired, whatever. You know, it, it helps when they're excited and they're happy about what they're doing and they like what they're and they like what they feel like with what they're doing. And so I, you know, yeah, this this coming together makes the, you know, is this Dolphins offense right now uh as diverse as any in the league? As far as being being able to be really effective running the ball. And really effective passing the ball, probably. Kansas Kansas City doesn't run the ball very well. Yeah, um, they, they they you know they can they'll they can pass the ball. That uh, they obviously they've got a tremendously diverse passing attack, and Mahomes can scramble and run. And uh, who was it a couple weeks ago? They uh, Tennessee they. You know, Tennessee shut down the run game, kind of shut down the deep passing game, and then you know Mahomes ran. Yeah. Ran, you know, did his Michael did a Michael Vick act in the last uh, fourth quarter and won the game. Um, but and you know, Buffalo still got obviously got they can run the ball. They they seem to be almost averse to doing it though. Yeah, uh, and you know, um, they looked. You know, Buffalo still looked great last week until they. You know, they lost all. They lost their all sense, all good sense in the last couple minutes of, the, of regulation. Um, but the Dolphins are, I think, truly probably the most diverse, successful offense going right now, and that makes you tough to stop. That makes you tough to deal with, and. That also means that you don't worry as much about, you know, cold hands and fingers if you, you know, when you're, you know, going, when you're in December and January and you're not playing, you know, where it's, you know, 75 degrees on the field and or on your sideline, 95 degrees on the other guy's sideline. Um, so this, you know, this, this gives you, you know, this gives you comfort. It should give you should give them comfort. So yeah, this is they haven't had an offense really like I was thinking about this today. When's the last time the Dolphins offense has been this good and this diverse? Because they had some great offenses, obviously, during the Marino years. Obviously, you know, you had Dan Marino throwing to, you know, first the Marx brothers early in his career. You know, later in the career, later it was, you know, it was like Irving Fryer and uh, O.J. McDuffie. Um, but they they almost never, they almost never had a good running attack. And it was, Don Shula even said it was his one great, felt like his one great failing as a coach in his last, you know, 10, 15 years 
uh, was not get, being able to get a good running attack, a good and a good running back to you know put behind Marino, which would have really made that whole thing even more dangerous. Uh, you, you really almost have to go back to the, like the seventies for the the Dolphins being this diverse. I I don't the eighty and uh, probably the seventies when. You know, but Bob Greasy actually did win the passing title in 71 and 77. Everybody thinks he threw like, you know, 10 times a game, which he kind of did in the 73 playoffs. But that was a – those offenses when they were 71, 72, 73, um, to some extent 74, that's, that's very diverse. They could hurt you either way. Yeah, they ran the ball because it's it's the easiest, lowest risk, and especially back then. Uh, with the the rules of coverage and the rules of blocking, you're less likely, you know, you're less likely to get a holding penalty or your quarterback sacked or your quarterback broken, as the case may be, was as happened with the Dolphins. Um, so they just they ran the ball. And it was, but they could have that was a, that was a team that could have, you know, they could have put the ball up thirty times a game if they really wanted to back then and been successful because they had. They had the kind of receiver to do it, and they had the threat of the running game that made that would have made it all work. Um, so yeah, it's you're talking the most diverse, good Dolphins offense in 50 years. That's that's kind of a lot. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, 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 and, and you know, I, and let's again, we, it will be it will be nice to see if they can maintain this level of consistency. And still put up big numbers against the better teams and the better defenses when they really need to. But you know, you they're you know, it's not their fault that you know Detroit and the Bears and to some extent the Browns defenses suck. You know, they they show up, they put up the points. Hey, yeah, they, I mean, they've executed. I mean, that's a testament to Mike McDaniel to to, uh, to the right. offensive line. Who I mean. Zero sacks, yeah. zero punts for the, uh, the first time since 2003. They didn't punt in a that, game. That was I mean, that was nearly a perfect offensive game the other day. That, yeah. that was nearly a perfect offensive game. And then you're you're not going to get that every week. But the thing is, it didn't look like they were doing anything really wild. You know, there wasn't they, anything they, they, were, they, were, they were just playing within themselves, like doing what they do. Right. And, no, not there, there, anything else you, you, there wasn't anything where you're going, okay, that, that's not going to happen every week. Or that's just not, that's no, that, that play is not going to happen. You know, yeah. you can't rely on that play. Happening. It's like, no, no. Like it, it, it feels sustainable. I mean, I know that yeah. uh, even now people are saying, oh, like, right, can they keep on doing this? I mean, why not? I mean, they're not, it's, yeah. it's not gimmicky. It's not, it's not anything that we haven't seen. I mean, they're just, they're, they have right. a, they have a clear, they have a clear system. Um, they know how they want to utilize their players. I mean, and they're just doing that at a high level right now. So I see no reason why it's it's not sustainable. I mean, am I expecting 35? Am I expecting 39 points? Am I expecting 35 points a game? No. Um, but I mean, to continue to for them to execute at a high level and to score in the high twenties, I mean, I see yeah. no reason why they can't do that if if you know, barring injury, you know, I, you, I, I see why you, not. You would be shocked if the, the next game turns out 17-14. I mean, it's, uh, it's the Texans, I wish for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the next game against like an, an NFL team, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, um, yeah, it's they're do they're doing they're it's it's 
the trade deadline pick up a Wilson man. That's I mean it was it was so it was so under the radar. I mean it was kind of a footnote because they got Chubb, but I mean if, if you're but, if you're if you're asking me right now, I mean Wilson has made the much bigger impact than Chubb. And that's yeah. not to say Chubb has been bad because I mean he had he picked up a half sack. I mean he was pressuring, but uh, Wilson. I mean that's a that, even even McDaniel like he didn't want to say we were missing that kind of physical physicality. But they were they didn't have that in their in their in their right. backfield, you know, b- before trading for for Jeff Wilson. They just didn't have that. Oh yeah. man, I mean, he, he he like you said, he knows the system. He runs hard. I mean, it's just it's just something like 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 you said, like when you see somebody running that hard, and um, you know, they they're taking three guys to to tackle them to the ground. Like it, it really does kind of put like a battery pack in, in your offense, and it just kind of boosts them up. Like it, it, it's deflating on the other side because it's like all right, you're chasing Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, and they hand it off. And then it's like, damn, like you got to need four guys just to just to bring the running back down. I mean, it's a it's a nice mix and it's a it's it's a it's a solid, diverse mix. And it's I mean, I was you know watching the game again today and there was one sequence of downs. I don't know. Third, it was maybe a second down, maybe five. And they give it to give it to Wilson. There's a little bit of a hole, but it looks like they got to get him for a couple. And he like. Yeah, you know, shimmy. Yeah, that's a touchdown yeah, get, get, run. Just, know, and then, and boom, get, get, and he carries a couple guys. Boom, and he, and it turns into like just enough for a first down. Yeah, yeah. That right there is the so crushing for a defense, but also it's so like oh, woo, you know, now we, you know, because in the middle of that play, you're thinking, okay, in that second, you're thinking, okay, it's gonna be like third and three. And now you got a first down there and everybody's like, ooh, first down. Okay, good. We're still rod- we're still rolling. And yeah, Cle- Cleveland's sitting there going, Jeez, oh man. Oh. Got three more downs of this shit. <laughs> three more downs of this unless they score, you know. And um uh, yeah, yeah, they I, I think Cleveland looked disheartened by the end of the game. I, I really do that um on the last touchdown run. Uh, one of the linebackers, the linebacker that the wide receiver blocked, he there wasn't a lot of effort there out of him. <laughs> he was kind of like, "All right, yeah, okay, good. Well, he, he he got in front of me. That's good. That's fine. Go go on, take it." Um, so yeah, it's it's nice to see, and let's see what happens. Uh, you know, after the after well after the Texans, and um, you know. Uh, it's fun to first Dolphins team in a while. It's like you know, it really is fun to fun to watch, enjoyable to watch, and you know, you get excited. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's Ron Armstead. I remember, I remember when they traded for him, and he had his first you know press conference. He said like this is going to be a physical track meet, and we've kind of seen shades of that over the over the first you know half of the season. But that was the first game where it was like, all right. They had the track meet. They had the speed element to it. But they also had that physicality with the run game. So it really is starting to come together for that offense. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back on the other side of things, we're going to flip to the other side of the ball. The defense, after a couple of shaky performances, did they get back on track uh, against the Browns? We're going to discuss that and more. So stay locked with us. Mm-hmm. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's going on, everybody? Still here. On the Dolphins and Depth Podcast, excuse me, the Dolphins and Depth Podcast with David <laughs> Neal, who I, I got tripped up. I mean, in the intermission, I mean, he just, <laughs> I don't know where you at right now, new background. <laughs> hey, I'm a, you know, that's weird. I like, I like my view. I'm a, I like my balcony view, you know, no everybody knows me. I'm a, some people have their beach, I have my balcony. Mm-hmm. No complaints there, no complaints there. So, uh, as I teased on the other side, so the offense continues to click on all cylinders, and the defense with maybe a get-right performance against the Cleveland Browns, they uh, limited Cleveland to a season-low 297 yards of total offense. Um, the dynamic duo of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, where they were kind of held in check. I mean, uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined for just 72 yards. Um, obviously Nick Chubb had that 33 yard touchdown run, but outside of that, not a lot of, not a lot of space to run for, uh, that running back tandem. Jacoby Brissett, the former, uh, Miami Dolphin quarterback, Palm Beach native, I mean, he was sacked three times, hit a lot more. Um, and you know, it's kind of the pass rush seemed to seem a little more lively. I mean, obviously later in that game, when you kind of get into obvious passing situations, uh, maybe it's a little easier to pass rush. Um, but a really, really solid performance. Obviously, the first the opening drive, you allow the long pass play. A couple penalties lead to um, uh, opening touchdown, but the Dolphins responded with 24 straight points. The defense really tightened up. Um, and again, I mean, I, I wrote about it before the bye, like leading up to leading up to the Browns game. I mean, um, last year, a defensive turnaround in, in the second half of the season almost propelled the Dolphins to the playoffs. With the emergence of this prolific offense now, I mean, the deep, I mean, the defense is like, that's like the last, that's really the last piece. I mean, they got the passing game going, they unlocked the running game. And it's like, all right, if the defense plays like this more days than not, you know, when, you know, on Sundays, I mean, this is really looking like a complete team. I mean, right. I don't, I don't think you can say that they're the most complete team right now because of the defense. But again, if the defense, you know, plays up to the, to the level of its standard and, um, you know, obviously they, they sustained another seasoning injury with Emmanuel Agbo. So they kind of lose some of that defensive line depth, but if they can play to the standard that, you know, we all expected entered in the season. I mean, this does look like one of the more complete teams in the NFL. I will say, I did think that this was a matchup though that favored their strengths. I mean, um, I think that, you know, we, we talked about the strength entering the season. We talked about the strength of this defense being the secondary with, you know, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, but healthy, uh, Javon Holland, Byron Jones. I mean, three of those guys are out of the line. I guess two of those guys are out of the lineup with, um, you know, uh, Byron Jones and now Brandon Jones. 
and um, you know, Nick Needham, their slot cornerback, who was you know doing a lot of boundary stuff, he's out now. So really, the strength of this team, team, uh, this defense is in its front seven, particularly that that defensive line now with adding Bradley Chubb to Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, that group. Um, I thought it was a matchup that really did favor them because I, because they're, they've been great against the run. You know, taking out the Justin Fields performance, um, the Lamar Jackson in week two, they've been good when it comes to stopping opposing teams running backs. Not so much when it comes to stopping quarterbacks and when they start scrambling, but when it comes to limiting running backs, they've been really good with that. Um, so I thought that it was a matchup that they were going to be able to handle for the most part. But I will say when you start to face different types of different styles of offenses particularly one you know a, a team like like the buffalo bills or maybe the sandy uh, excuse me not sandy the los angeles chargers in a couple of weeks um or potentially you know the kansas city chiefs in the playoffs a team like that i think that's that matchup is where you know i, I start to kind of get worried when i'm looking at the dolphins defense because i i don't know if they have the guys in the in the, in the secondary to uh to hold up and truthfully i'm not sure you know i mean we've seen the track record to has shown that when you when they face some of those more mobile quarterbacks, um, they've it, it, it kind of struggled. I mean, even Josh Allen, he was able to move around a lot, get the ball out quickly, evade the pass rush. Um, so this matchup against the Browns, perfect match made in heaven for the Dolphins just because of the, of the strength in the defensive line. But when you start to face some of these mobile quarterbacks, some of these offenses with more you know prolific passing games, I mean. Outside of Amari Cooper and Xavier Howard kind of really shut him out of the game, the Browns really didn't have anybody to go to in the past game consistently. Um, but, you know, when you face teams like the Los Angeles Chargers, when healthy, um, the Buffalo Bills, potentially the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, that's a matchup where I still do kind of question if the Dolphins defense is going to be up to task. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Obviously do. And you're right. This was a perfect matchup for them. And, Amari Cooper play? I, I mean, like I'm checking the stat sheet. You know, I mean, three catches, thirty-two yards. That's about it. So he may. He, so yeah, he three catches. In other words, three catches, thirty-two yards more than like you know the guy who's playing wide receiver at Northwestern right now, like he used to. Um, he, he might as well stay at his mama's home for for all that matter. Three catches, thirty-two yards. I mean, come on now. But, uh, yeah, this was a perfect matchup, and they did what they needed to do in a perfect matchup. Again, you you know, you know, can't control who shows up on the other side, on the other sideline. But if, you know, if, it, if it's a meal that's cooked to your, you know, cooked perfectly to your taste, you got to go ahead and eat it. And, you know, that Jacoby Brissett's not a quarterback who's going to move around a lot. Yeah, this is a run it, you know, run first attack that, you know, needs it to really set up their wide receivers. And when they couldn't get that going, this wasn't going to happen. And uh, yeah, okay, they gave up 17 points to modern NFL. I mean, it's 17. I mean, if the Dolphins, if the Dolphins defense gives up 17 points for the rest of the season, yeah, you're, you're, you're good. You're good. They're going to be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And, Frankly, it was what was it the, the they gave they gave with one touchdown. It was already what it was thirty to ten. And they got, yeah, it was, it was thirty to ten when Chubb had that had that thirty three yard. And, yeah, you know, I I don't think anybody in the I don't think anybody in the stadium really like was worried about that. Yeah, point. People I mean, was, people started leaving the traffic, beating the traffic at thirty to ten. Um, 
maybe they ran to Mari Cooper in the parking lot. Um, but yeah, that, so you do question now is okay. How well it's it's the question we've had the last few weeks when they were getting given up a lot to the Lions and then obviously uh, you know got into a shootout with the Bears also. It just seems just so weird for me to say that you got you got the shootouts with the Lions and the Bears. I mean, just to feel he's balling right now. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. No, no. It, it just, it, but it does feel very weird that yeah. you know, the Bears, you know, shoot out with it. You know, come on, that's you know, and uh, no, they they clearly have had, they clearly have trouble with. I mean, everybody has trouble with true dual threat quarterbacks, and. I think it was a little bit of a surprise because of how well they they handled Lamar last year, and they didn't face a ton of a ton of those types of quarterbacks. I mean, they faced Cam later in that season, and I thought that yeah. They, they well, yeah, but exactly that was kind of like ex- exactly. So I I think just kind of off the precedent of last season, the expectation was like, oh, like the, the Dolphins have have the kind of the blueprint, and, and again, I mean, it's like. I mean, they, I mean, Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator, has had to switch things up because, you know, a lot of these blitzes aren't working. A lot of the cover zero stuff isn't working. I mean, teams are t- teams have definitely caught on to to some of some of that cover zero, that blitz stuff. So um, they've had to switch it up a little bit. And I think that they, they've done well at times to switch it up. Um, but again, I mean, it's. I mean, they, they faced a very traditional offense. I mean, it was it was yeah. a lot of handoffs yeah. on first down. Handoff on second down, right. maybe a play action every once in a while, and then when we really gotta do like a when we get in the obvious passing situations, then we'll like spread you out, um, and go on a shotgun. Right, I mean it. That I, I mean yes. when they, I mean when they, when they, when they face that, you know, when they face the 49ers, which is, I'll say more of a traditional quarterback, um, and then and then the Chargers, and then the Bills, and then even Aaron Rodgers, who can still move around a little bit. I mean, it, it's really gonna test that defense. It's gonna test the offense as well, but really that defense with the types of quarterbacks that they're going to be facing uh, along that stretch. I No, I'd say Rodgers and Josh Allen, obviously, are going to are going, are going to, we'll see, right, we'll see then what kind of defense they're going to have going into the, going into the playoffs. Um, and in it, and uh, yeah, Herbert's he's, he doesn't, he doesn't you know, he's not a, I don't see him as a scrambler really. And he's he, not he's not a scrambler, but he can still he, he can, I mean there's different there's different guy with good pocket feet and who can create another second for himself and everything. Like that was something Marino was actually excellent at, arguably the best ever at. It was creating that extra second for himself with good pocket feet and a guy who can actually scramble. And you know, Justin Herbert, he was banged up earlier this year. He's he's not he's not really into like the whole, he hasn't been really in the whole scrambling thing that, this year, so I mean maybe he'll be all healed up by the time of the Dolphins game, but uh, still he, he's he's not a guy that I see that I think of like Allen, Rogers, um, Lamar. Uh, obviously, obviously, I mean Mahomes isn't on the schedule unless you want to think about the playoffs, which 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 you which you, which you need to which yeah, you need yeah to, you have to start yeah you gotta be you might as well be thinking about it yeah um and so yeah those are the two games I'd look at saying okay how well do you do against those quarterbacks there because you get in the playoffs 
You know, you're going to be facing, you know, Josh Allen. You're going to have to get, get past one or both or three of Josh Allen, Mahomes, um, uh, whoever is a quarterback for Tennessee. Um, although, the, I mean, no, t- I mean, you know, Tannehill's now in his, what, 11th year, but you know, he, he would be called, if you were black, he'd be called a dual threat quarterback. <laughs> really? You know, he he's, you know, athletic, can move, you know. You know maybe, 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 maybe can't move like the, like the, like the, like the old Miami days, but he can still move. Around. No, no, no. He's, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, he's, he's in year 11. So yeah, he's, he's kind of a, he's, he's lost the top gear and, but he can still cause problems. And uh, the other, the other quarterback they've got that there is also he can Malik Willis. But yeah, but I'm not yeah. even. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. obviously we'll see what happens. I mean, they're leading the division right that, now, but you know, that it's, also that they'll, they'll, if they get them, they're going to get them at home. I think. Um, yeah. Well, maybe not. Oh, good golly, it's coming. Whoever comes out of that AFC South. Um, but. So yeah, you're. It's going to be a test run on how how your defense deals with those guys because those guys can buy, and they do. They not only rip off you know an occasional twenty yard gain on their own, but they're going to buy time for their receivers downfield. And you know if you're injured on the back end, suddenly your guys, your second tier guys, are going to have, you know, where you're hoping they can hang on for you know, three, four seconds. Now they're hanging on for way more for another two or three seconds beyond that. And that nothing good ever comes of that. So it, that, those, I think those will be the interesting games. The, the Packers game, obviously in the Buffalo rematch. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think the pack, you know, just looking down the road, I'm looking, looking at a win, win against Houston unless they're completely asleep and, you know, tripped a fan out uh, from Thanksgiving year. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously Jets, Patriots, Bills, tough games. I think they're going to – the most interesting part of that Packers game is going to be how they deal with – see how they do against Rodgers, who can still move. And um, I think they're going to win the game. But I think, but it's it just let's see how the defense deals with with it. Is it going to be a shootout like with the other, you know, those other NFC North teams? Uh, those or the two most recent ones. Um, you know, it's the guy who Kirk Cousins, the guy who can't move around. They, you know, they they had a pretty good game against him. Yeah, I mean, like we said, I mean, the the track record has, has suggested this season that you know some of those more mobile quarterbacks the Dolphins have had. Troubles with, um, fortunately for them, after the bye week they faced the Texans. Davis Mills, not really an athletic guy, um, you know, more of a run oriented uh, offense with uh, the rookie, uh, really it's Damian Pierce. So that could also be another another solid performance, uh, you know, lot lined up for uh, the Dolphins defense. All right, so before we get out of here, we gotta gotta get your thoughts real quick. I'm sure you you may have heard it, you know, as we were rewatching the game. Uh, the MVP chance for Tua. And I mean, hey, earlier in the season, there was a little bit of chatter, uh, but obviously it kind of died down a, a little bit once um, Tua got, had sustained the concussion, missed a couple games. But hey, 
as we hey Tuesday night as we're recording this, Tua is second in the MVP odds according to Vegas Insider, uh, behind Patrick Mahomes, who's still the front runner right now. Um, but Tua's leapfrog Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen after both both of them uh, lost this past week. Uh, I mean, I think at this point you got to. It's a, it's a real possibility. I mean, especially yeah. if they keep on winning. I mean, he has, he maybe doesn't have the numbers yet, but the efficiency is there. I think as the season continues, the numbers, the numbers are going to be, are going to be close enough. And if you talk about narrative, I mean, that we always talk about MVP being a narrative award. There's a little bit of Patrick Mahomes fatigue. And if, if Tua can get to the second, I mean, keep that second seed um, in the AFC, or maybe even get to the number one seed in the AFC, I mean, the, the narrative storyline is going to be there, right there on a platter to, to give the award to. What, what do you think? Um, I think it's, but I, I find it less interesting to talk about like odds of, of MVP and whether or not somebody actually deserves it. And the art, the argument of who, you know, who deserves it and, you know, debate that, have that fun discussion. All right, well then we'll do that. Okay, so, and, so, and I, so, so I'll, I'll talk about the odds. You talk. About <laughs> so, yo, you already did. So you already <laughs> talk about the odds. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to. I, mean to I, I didn't mean to like totally just like you know kneecap you and like you know get out of here. Um, no, but I what I when the times I've had um, in covering sports, I've had you know MV, votes for MVP. I actually took it literally. MVP, most, most viable, viable player, player. to yeah. and to their team, to the team. I, I didn't, I didn't think. Oh, you know, he's the best, most viable player in the league, or, not the know, most outstanding not, player, not the most, right? It's, not it's the not, best individual, and and yeah. it's you know, right? A the most valuable player. He's got to be on a, got to be on a good on a good team. I mean, a winning and, team, but, yeah. And so. You know the Dolphins, just the eye test. Uh, go, go, you know, go watch, you know, go watch the Dolphins play in Cincinnati. Go watch the Dolphins against the Jets. Go watch the Dolphins, the uh, Vikings. Vikings, you know, and then watch the Dolphins. Uh, any of the last three weeks, even some of the weeks beforehand, just um, this offense and this team plays differently when he's a quarterback and he he makes it work his it, he you know i don't even care if you insult him by saying oh he's a system quarterback and his system okay fine 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 but he's executing in this system that's what a quarterback's supposed to do and whatever system you know he's put into your, your coach is supposed to find a system where your skills work. And so, you know, you got to fault him because apparently his coach has a system where his skills work and he's making, you know, this whole thing work by, you know, executing properly with good wide receivers and, you know, good tight end and now getting the help for running game. You can't, you know, he's doing what he's supposed to do. And, He's doing it at a level at a significantly higher level than uh, his experienced veteran backup would do. Uh, I think he's doing it at a higher at a you know he's doing it at a better level 
than most other quarterbacks, but at a bit more efficient level than most other than almost any other quarterback in the game right now. Um, you know, so and I'm not I'm not a big one for I don't count quarterback wins. I think that is so boring because it, it, I think that's so actually I think it's no not boring. It's stupid because you know court you know there's a defense out there on the but other side is, of the ball. There there's is some special be, teams. Hold on, there's something said, to be said though for that said seven right. and zero. Right. Oh, and three. <laughs> you're you're seven and zero when the guy like starts the game and doesn't get injured, uh, and you're zero and three when he, you know, doesn't start the game or doesn't he doesn't go you know start to, you know, you decide the finish. Um. So yeah, that uh, I I think he's I think he has an ex- excellent argument for MVP. Like excellent argument for MVP, especially as if you would take it as most valuable player. Um, and I think you know his main his main competition might be his Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, but also it might be his own teammate Tyreek Hill, who a lot of people are saying he's truly the most valuable player on that team. Now, obviously, Tyreek didn't have the the biggest performance uh, last Sunday, and the offense was still the offense didn't you know really blink which may have kind of put a dent in that argument. Um, but again, if Tyree continues to put up these numbers, I mean, how much does the MVP chatter start to build for him? How much does that maybe take away from Tua's candidacy, potential votes? Obviously, we're still eight weeks away from yeah. any of that being real, real legit. But I mean, something to kind of keep in, keep in mind. I think, yeah, I think you, it's, that's kind of hard. I think that's kind of hard. Uh, because again, you can obviously Tyreek Hill has brought so much to this offense. I mean, you could, you know, you you saw Jalen Waddle was here last year. It wasn't like Jalen Waddle suddenly became Jalen Waddle this year. You know, he was here last year, um, and how much more effective Tyreek Hill's presence makes him. Um, you know, just just being there uh, opens everything up, and yeah, it's. But boy, it's real hard to it's real hard to you know argue against. Yeah, he was there also when they, you know, when they couldn't score enough against Minnesota, and the defense really played pretty well there, except for one Dalvin Cook run. Yeah. Um, you know, he was Tyreek Hill was there on you know when they couldn't score enough against Cincinnati when. The defense allowed again, like you know, basically one big play. Yeah, he put up numbers, but I mean, the yeah. numbers really lead to anything tangible. That, that, right, and it, it's not like he didn't play play well, but yeah, he it, did. It's, but it's again, it's just like the, the wide, wide receiver, the wide receiver can have more impact on the game than you know, obviously 10, 20, 30 years ago. But it's still, I mean, we say it's a quarterback it's war, and people are upset about that. But I mean, it, it, it if you're going valuable, it has to be because that person touches the ball every single play. They're in charge of so much, like, and obviously a lot of factors go into them being successful as well. Um, but it's hard for me to it's hard for me to look at a quarterback and a wide receiver on the same team and say that the wide receiver is more more valuable when the quarterback is putting up just as excellent of numbers, and they're putting up right. those numbers in instances where the wide receiver isn't having you know a, tr- a tremendous tremendous game i mean it's hard for it's hard for me to say tyreek is a team mvp i mean so many guys i mean truthfully this is an offense where like no one person should get 
all the credit. I mean, Mike McDaniel has been great. Tua has been great. Tyrese been great. Toronto Armstead, I mean, he is extremely valuable to this offense. Um, But obviously, if you're going to whale it down to one person on the team, I got to go with Tua because he's the one who's making the throws at the end of the day. There's there's been a couple times um, the – Larry Fitzgerald, the year the year that the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl, Larry Fitzgerald was incredible. And yeah, he had Kurt Warner throwing it to him, but he he was the he was the guy, you know, more so than Kurt. He was the guy that made that work as much as much as Kurt Warner and uh, Steve Smith. Uh, good golly, which year? There's one Steve. I think it was 2005. Steve Smith. Uh, his run through. West Carolina ran to the playoffs that they got to the AFC the NFC championship game. And he was, he was the reason he was, he, that, that, that little wide receiver outside, he was the reason, you know, um, you take, you win. And when they were able to uh, take him out of the offense, you know, it all fell apart. You can take Tyreek Hill out of this offense as the Browns, put a lot of effort into doing and it's not going to be the same but it's still going to function yeah it's still going to function it can still function pretty darn well i mean yeah they took they held tyreek hill down compared to everybody else this season and the dolphins didn't punt so yeah um so i think it's i think it's Tua. uh there's not a running back out there having a great year uh, maybe Saquon. here. Maybe Saquon, but I don't. It's it's, I, it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to just give it. Even, I mean, even Daniel Jones is as much as I, I hate to admit it. He's he's playing well enough that it's like all right. Maybe it's not, you know the defense is playing great as well on that team. Right. That's boy. That I mean that, Saquon's a good suggestion, but boy, just uh, uh, I feel like for me you have to you have to do so you have to have an Adrian Peterson like season like you have to break a record and right. maybe like to, the. The soul, right? You had to be like Derrick Henry was a couple of years ago, you know, r- you know, ripping off two K, and you know, really, and even he didn't, and even he didn't get it. I mean, even he didn't get it. So it's, it's, it's tough for a running back or a non QB skill position player to get it, you know, in twenty twenty two. Yeah, and I think you know, obviously, if you if you know the Dolphins end with the number one seed. Or the Bills, if the Bills end with the number one seed, or Kansas City ends with the number one seed, guess what? You're probably going to have to take the quarterback of that team out of the 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 number one seed in the stronger conference, and the quarter the those quarter those of those three teams I just named, the they all you know ride or die with their quarterback. Um, so much, so I mean, it doesn't. You might not. Because two is not as, you know, doesn't run the way that Mahomes or Allen do. It does, doesn't give you all the the highlight wildness that they do. You might not think of the of him be, as being integral to the Dolphins' success as those guys are, but he clearly is. And if they get the number one seed. Um, I mean, it's gonna be hard to deny. It. I think that's your. I think that's your argument. In fact, I think that's the argument for any of those three guys if their team gets the number one seed. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like, like, I, like I said, like I said, the more this season goes, the more two is you know, like the, the raw counting stats start to increase. If they keep on winning, 
it's going to be tough to, to deny that uh, MVP candidacy. Um, but I mean, hey, we just the fact that we're talking about that just just tells you how much things have changed. So uh, a couple so, months from, uh, yeah, is he is he going to play again because he's got a concussion or is he going to or is he the really the guy? Is it really the guy? I, I mean, he's answering all the questions. I mean, he he said it himself at the post game like. Nobody had any questions. He's like, hey, no questions. So he's really <laughs> starting to answer them. So uh, good good for him. And we'll see uh, We'll see how this uh, run continues after the bye week. Well, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I want to thank you bye guys week. so much. Bye. 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 <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for uh, for tuning in. Reminder to uh, subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, subscribe to the Miami Herald. Still going to have a bunch of daily content for you guys during the bye week. Uh, so you still got some stuff to read and, you know, catch up on and stay up, up to, t- up to date with your Miami Dolphins who are seven and three and in first place of the AFC East. That's something we'll see if they can keep it up next week. Uh, you guys enjoy the week off, enjoy the weekend. And we'll, we'll be back next week to talk Dolphins football, but until then you guys take care. We'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. We are. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>